So Paul has concluded this intensely beautiful passage, Romans 8, verses 31 to 39, as he says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And as I said last time, I think there is no higher expression of faith anywhere in Scripture than this passage in Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. You remember he started with, when, uh, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then he said, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall separate us from uh, the love of Christ? What sh- who shall bring a charge against God's elect? And on he goes with all of this glorious rhetorical certainty um, as he expresses God's love for us. But I want to say to you, and I hope I don't offend you, Most people listening to this broadcast will not get it because in their mind is a little phrase and it's this, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but what? Yes, but we've got to believe it. Yes, but we have to have faith. Yes, but I have to clean up my life. Yes, but I have to overcome my addiction. Yes, but I have to be faithful. And what we do with this passage is virtually nullify it by our response. And thus our response becomes the instrument of salvation, not God's love and not Christ. Did you hear what I just said? Our response becomes the instrument of salvation, not God's love and not the love of Christ. But if you were to allow yourself just for a moment, if you were to allow yourself to believe that God is going to effectively save every man and woman on this planet who has ever lived past history, present time, future, that he's going to save every man and woman because he is able to do it. He is able to create faith in our lives. If you believed that, and if you do believe it, then let me tell you that this message will blaze from the page and it will strike you with light and glory and beauty and astonish you and encourage you like nothing before. Because, you see, the love of God is invincible. When Paul talks about this here, he is actually summarizing the whole Old Testament. He's summarizing what Jesus Christ in the New Testament has done for us. He is summarizing God's love And he is saying, because God's love is what it is, 
He will accomplish what he pleases and what he chooses. And he loves the human race, and he has set his heart upon the human race. He has predetermined that the human race shall be saved. He has sent his Son to be the propitiation for the sins of the whole world, to take away the sins of the whole world, as John says in 1 verse 29. And that, because of what he has done, then nothing can separate us from his love. Because if we are troubled and unbelieving, God will bring us by his providence to the end of of ourselves so that we need something far greater and are desperate for it and we will call out to him for mercy. If God's love is so invincible, then what comes to what is said in Isaiah chapter 45 will come to reality. As I live, says, says the Lord. As I live, he's swearing by himself. Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall take an oath that in me alone is their righteousness and strength. And those that are angry against me shall be ashamed. All the world has been angry against God. That's revealed in the book of Revelation. The nations were angry. They went to attack the city. They go to attack the city of God. Fire comes down. It's all symbolic, of course. God is not destroying them. That is the fire of torment and the fire of, of, um, of anxiety and stress as they see the face of the Lord and as they face him in the judgment. And yet God shows to them that upon his throne is one like a lamb that was slain. That verse, Roman, uh, Revelation 5 verse 13, is the key to the whole of the book of Revelation. God's government is a government of mercy. It is not primarily a government of judgment. God's judgment he took upon himself. That's why he propitiated himself in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Romans 3, verse 25, propitiation means to appease, to take away his own judgment against the world. He has taken it upon himself. He did this because he loved us. And so when you look at this passage, if you give yourself, allow the Holy Spirit to simply give you a moment of belief where all the world will be redeemed, and then suddenly you will see this passage blaze from the page because it's saying to you, no matter how much trouble you're in right now, no matter how much doubt or unbelief or even anger towards God, God will steer you to the shore because he is the pilot and he knows how to pilot the ship of salvation. He knows how to bring humanity to himself. He knows how to create faith in us. No man, Jesus said, comes to the Father except that the Father draws him. Well, why have only a few been drawn to him, you say? God is drawing people at different times, in different ages, now and in the judgment, and God will make the world jealous for the salvation that he has given to those whom he has drawn. 
The people of God will shine like the firmament in the judgment, and the world will be angry, wanting it and uh, what the, the redeemed have, and yet resisting it because they're afraid. And God will send them into the lake of fire, which will not be a burning in hell, but it will be a revelation of himself, the glory of God, which people in the, throughout the world long to be hidden from. Remember Revelation 6.15, where the kings of the earth and, and all the poor and the slaves say, hide us from the face of him that sits upon the throne. Remember Ezekiel 36 or 37, I think it is, that says that he will show his face to the world. Remember what God says, when no man can see me and live. And yet, in the final judgment, that revelation will be made and it will strike terror into the world. And yet that terror will lead them to want his mercy. And when they call out to him for mercy, he will give them that mercy. This is how God is able to bring those who have not believed to the end of themselves so that they are ready to believe. Judgment doesn't save anyone. It simply brings everyone to their knees. And then they call out to him for mercy. It's not that God is tormenting or punishing and making people be saved by just hurting them. It's simply that God, in the judgment, is giving them the full consequences of what their actions have produced. That is what the truth of judgment is all about. When God withholds judgment, he withholds the full consequences of our actions so that they don't over... They don't harm us too much. But in the final judgment, there will be no withholding of the consequences. Now, we have faith in Jesus now, and that judgment is removed from us. All judgment is taken by God. That is the final, ultimate, destructive judgment. That is why Christ died, separated from his Father. But the judgments of the world are not separation from God. They are that God might reveal himself. Remember in the book of Ezekiel, all those judgment, judgments of the Babylonian captivity came upon the world, uh, rather upon Israel, so that they might know that God is the Lord. That, that statement, that phrase, so that they might know that God is the Lord, occurs over 60 times in 40-odd chapters, 49, I think it is, chapters of Ezekiel. What an amazing thing. God wishes to be known. He will make himself known. And, of course, he has revealed himself and made himself known ultimately, finally and absolutely in his Son, Jesus Christ, and the death and resurrection that he went through. And so, you see, when you look at this passage, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Shall tribulation, famine, nakedness, or the sword? No, nothing. Because those tribulations and famines and nakedness and the sword are all designed by God to bring us to the end of our self-independence, to the end of our uh, suppression of God, so that we realize that we have nothing without him and we call upon him for mercy. 
And then it says in in Romans, and we'll come to this, Romans 11, verse 32, God has imprisoned all under sin that he might have mercy on all. You say, what's that imprisonment? It's our fall in Adam. Once Adam sinned and fell, he was no longer in charge of himself. He was no longer a free agent. He became trapped in his own rebellion and unbelief. And God handed the world over to that rebellion and unbelief so that we realize that sin traps us. It isn't something we do primarily. It's something that does us. And God intends to keep that entrapment going until we have come to the end of ourselves and we are ready to call upon him for mercy and he is ready to give us faith. And he gives faith to people at different times. But all will receive faith because God has vowed by his own existence and life that before me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that in the Lord alone is their righteousness and strength. You see, the human race thinks that its righteousness, its goodness, its basic goodness and strength is in itself. That is the essence of pride. It is the essence of independence. It is the arrogance of the world that thinks that it came to this world by its own prowess and it will leave it by its own choice. What utter nonsense. The world, the greatest thing the world has, life itself, it has no idea where it came from until it acknowledges that God is the Creator and Lord and Redeemer. Thank you for joining me today. Colin Cook here. This program is called How It Happens. If you want to hear it any time of the day or night, you can do so on your smartphone. Simply down a free, uh, download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in How It Happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Would you please consider a donation? This is listener-supported radio, and it comes to you at $39 per 15 minutes, $200 for a week's programs. So send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com, faithquestradio.com. I must say the funds are very low at the moment and I would appreciate your help. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.